Hello again and welcome to Success Back, the Success Factory. My name is Felix Becker and I'm of course your very own success coach on this journey we call life. Now, I wanted to talk to you about my leadership KPIs because as you know, leadership is important. Now more than ever, we need better leaders. We need excellent leaders. We need great leaders in this world. And I truly believe that introverts make the best kinds of leaders. As a matter of fact, as part of my Rise Above program, I have a leadership component to that, right? The S is sharing your powers through leadership. So I want to talk about what it means to be a good leader in today's world. Let's back up for a second. Before we get into leadership, let's talk about the difference between authority and leadership, because those two often get confused. They're not the same. Authority is something that you earn, but leadership is something that you learn. See the distinction? Authority comes with a title. Maybe you spend a certain amount of time at a company or in an organization, and as you rise up in the ranks and you get different titles, you earn authority. That does not mean that you are a good leader. Now, I have many examples of that in, from my own life. Uh, you know, going up through the academic world, uh, and you can think about that uh, even as simple as high school, right? You don't need to go all the way to medical school like I did. But if you think about in high school, it was freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And we sort of think that the seniors should know more than the juniors, who should know more than the sophomores, who should know more than the freshmen. And academically, that's probably true. However, that does not mean that the seniors make better leaders than the juniors or sophomores or freshmen. I'm sure you have similar examples from your own life. Uh, I've seen similar things happening in the medical world. The medicine world also has a fairly rigid hierarchy of ranks, right? There's your medical students, which are further subdivided into first, second, third, and fourth year medical students. Then come your interns, your residents, fellows, and finally the attending surgeons. And even among attending surgeons, that gets subdivided as well, especially if you're connected with an academic institution such as a university. There might be associate professors, assistant professors, professors. So you can see how there's different rank structure. And I really mean rank structure, very much like the military, which I also have experience in. And I can tell you, I have met many, many airmen who are excellent leaders, right? These are junior people in the organization, just a few years in, and they make excellent leaders. And I've seen the other side of things where colonels make terrible leaders. So that's the first important thing that we really need to be sure we understand. Authority is not the same as leadership. Authority you earn most of the time by spending enough time with an organization and a company, right? As long as you bide your time, you move up in the ranks. On the other hand, leadership is something that you learn. So how do you learn leadership? The important part of leadership that everybody really needs to understand is that people need to be led. For the most part, we all need guidance. We all need help, right? We're not meant to live this life alone. At a very pragmatic level, that's why we have partners. That's why we have spouses, right? We are not meant to live this life alone, which also means that we have to learn how to communicate with each other, how to work with each other, how to live with each other. That's where leadership comes in. Leadership 
does not mean that you're the boss and your word is the final word and you tell everyone what to do. That is authority. That's what a boss will do. That is not leadership. Leadership means you inspire in everyone around you their confidence and their ability to do better. Leaders inspire other leaders. Now, the way I look at leadership is through the leadership KPIs. Now, these are not key performance indicators, but they are very similar to key performance indicators that you might know from the world of business. If you know your leadership KPIs, and if you understand the leadership KPIs, and if you implement the leadership KPIs, you too will make an excellent leader. So what are these KPIs? Well, the first K stands for no. Do the people you are leading know their role? Do they know their job? Do they know what it is that they are supposed to do? Because if they don't know what they're supposed to do, how are they going to do what they are supposed to do? Right? That's a very simple level. And it is upon you as a leader to make sure that the people under your charge know what their role is, that they know what their job is and know what they're supposed to do. So that's the first K. The P, are your people proud of what they're doing? Now, this is a tricky one because that is something that you can inspire in others, right? You can, if you can get your people that you're leading to be proud of the work that they do, if you can get them to see things from a different perspective than, oh, this is boring, and you could truly get them to feel proud of the work that they're doing, you're already most of the way there. Because if they're proud of the work that they're doing, they're going to do more of it. They're going to do a better job at it. They want to get better at it, right? They want to get better. They want to improve themselves. And as a result, you will have better outcomes. So you have to make sure that your people, the people that you're in charge of, the people you're leading are proud of the work that they're doing. Now, of course, there's some jobs that you might think are kind of low level. And how can anybody be proud to be a janitor? I can give you an example. When I was in my general surgery training, we had a janitor or custodian or whatever the politically correct term is right now, I'm not sure to be honest, uh, who walked around the building in the mornings to clean up, take out all the trash from all the patient rooms, deliver the newspapers. And I will tell you something, he was proud of the work that he was doing. And I didn't notice that at first. I have to admit, I did not notice him at first. It wasn't until one day when I was rounding on a patient, and the patient asked me for a cup of water. Now, mind you, surgical rounds happen usually very early because we have to see the patients, write notes, and get orders done, ideally discharge some patients, get the paperwork ready for that before we get into the operating room for our first case, often at 7.30 in the morning. So our rounds happen very early. There's a lot of patients to be seen pretty fast paced, you're in and out. Uh, it's really not great from a patient care perspective. You're really just trying to survive as a resident at that point, to be honest with you. So I'm in this room and the patient asked me for a cup of water. Now, what I told the patient was, look, uh, I understand you want a cup of water. Let's get your nurse. Who is your nurse? The patient didn't know. And I said, all right, well, listen, I will find your nurse on my way out of here. Uh, there's two reasons I cannot give you this cup of water. One is, 
I'm already late to go to the OR this morning. Uh, and I don't want to upset the people in the OR who are waiting for me. And, and two, the nurses actually have to chart that you get this cup of water. Don't get don't get me hung up on why this needs to be charted, but the nurses have to chart that you get this cup of water. And so I don't want to step on their toes. Um, but I will I will try to find your nurse and, and get you a cup of water. And the patient said, well, why don't you let John do it? And I said, who's John? Oh, the, the guy who delivers my newspaper every morning, he takes the trash out. So what was fascinating about this story, that moment, and I was like, I didn't know who John was. The patient did. The patient did not know who's nurse, but he knew the guy that was coming in every morning to take out the trash and deliver the newspaper. And that was because John was proud of his work. And he walked into every patient's room with a smile on his face. And he greeted every patient saying, hey, good morning, how are you? And every patient knew John. They didn't always know their nurse. They hardly ever knew my name, but they always knew John. John was proud of the work he was doing, even though someone might think that that is grunt work and dirty work. But he was proud of it. And he showed that, he demonstrated that, and everyone knew it. So I later had a conversation with John, obviously, and we could talk about that another time, but uh, I, I wanted to know at that point, obviously, what makes John tick? And uh, the big important point here is, it shows the difference people make, not just for the work that they're supposed to be doing, but for your organization as a whole, when they are proud of the work that they do. That's PR. That's how your company gets recognized. It's through those workers that are proud of what they do. And they're proud to represent your company as a result. All right. So they have to know what they're doing and they have to be proud of their job. Finally, and most importantly, do they know that they are an integral part of your mission? Do they know that they are an integral part of your mission? You have a mission. Your business has a mission, right? You have some mission in life, some something that you're trying to achieve. And you have people helping you with that to try to achieve certain goals, certain milestones, certain profits, whatever that may be. If your workers don't feel like they're an integral part of your job, then you're not doing a good job as a leader. Now, there's a fantastic scene in Office Space that really demonstrates that. It's a scene where Bill comes up to Peter and asks him for the uh, TPS reports at the end of the day. And obviously, Peter's like, sure, whatever. It's because Bill is not a leader. Bill is a boss. Bill just says, I need these TPS reports. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot, but uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, 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 I have the memo. I've got it. It's right. Hello, Bill. What's happening? Now, 
if Bill had approached that interaction with Peter and saying, hey, listen, Peter, I know writing these TPS reports is boring, it's mundane, it's grunt work, I don't like it either. I need these reports by the end of the day so that I can generate my own report, which goes up to the higher executives in this company, so that we can charter our future, that we can figure out what works and what doesn't work and what we need to do to improve and streamline our company. So I want you to understand that while these TPS may seem boring and mundane, they're actually a very important piece that makes this company run. And so I really depend on you to be able to create and generate high quality TPS reports because that goes up the chain and then it trickles down again. The better data we send up, the better stuff comes back down. Now, you can imagine if Peter had received the command of having to write TPS reports and by the end of the day, he would have a much different understanding of what it is that he's doing, right? He's not just grinding down away at the keyboard creating TPS reports. No, he now knows what he's supposed to do and why. So he can feel proud of the work he's doing because if he creates good TPS reports and that the company makes changes as a result of that, better changes that maybe ultimately result in a salary increase for Peter or more days off or, or a party for the office, right? Whatever that may be, there's some latent benefit to Peter that he can that he can recognize, right? There's something tangible for him to, to find, some evidence later on to see that his TPS reports actually made a difference in the company. Well, guess what? He knows now exactly what he has to do. He can be proud of what he's doing because he feels like an integral part of the organization. So that's what I mean by leadership KPIs. Do the people under your charge know their role? Are they proud of the work that they're doing? And do they feel like they're an integral part of your company? And if you can succeed at those three leadership skills, then you too will become a great leader. So make sure that the people under your charge know their role, they can feel proud of the work that they're doing, and that they know that they're part of the mission, that they're an integral part of the mission, that the job that they're doing is vital. That's leadership. That's not authority. You still have authority because you have a title, you're ranked higher than the people that you work with, but you're a leader now because you're showing people a better way. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on these leadership KPIs. What do you think? What are the real world examples that you can come up with to exemplify how these leadership KPIs really perform in the real world? And just know that as part of the Rise Above program that I put together to help introverts rise above themselves, to become extraordinary, extraordinary leaders in your organization, that these KPIs will show up in that program, that you too will learn these KPIs. You will start to embody them and utilize them to become a much better leader yourself. I have currently room for five more people to receive coaching from me. So if you're interested, if you're looking for coaching, especially if you're an introvert who wants to rise above and become extraordinary, be sure to reach out to me. DM me. I'm most active on LinkedIn, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well if that's easier for you. Send me an email. Contact me through the website. It's, I'm pretty easy to reach, I hope. So if you're an introvert looking to rise above yourself to become extraordinary, reach out to me. The Rise Above program, which I codenamed Perseus, 
is here and ready and waiting for you. If you like this stuff, please remember like, share, subscribe, rate and review, do all the things. It helps me reach a larger audience. That is your task for today. Like, rate, share, subscribe, do all those things. Because if I can reach more people, I can help more people. Simple as that. And I'm asking you for those three seconds of your day to take care of that. It really doesn't take a lot of time. If you want to learn more about Rise Above, be sure to reach out to me. And until next time, remember to unleash your genius.